Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Sullivan. It's Babs, I Michael Thompson talking. It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. This is Jerry Rose. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Well protected again. Jones Waddles gets behind the defenders for another touchdown. That is Trey Lance. Kyle Pitts and a tight end find. The goal line shot for a Gator touchdown. Eight different games, Sewell did not allow the guy pass rushing against him to pressure, hit, or sack the quarterback. Eight out of 12. You got here just in time. Dax Mill down the sideline from Zach Wilson. And thanks for joining us. Rashawn Bateman with his first career score as a gopher. What more can you say about Trevor Lawrence? He's going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. My God, we were talking earlier, Sportscast Radio, we got our Vikings and Patriots draft preview a week before the draft next Thursday. Myself, Luke Gilbert here, coming at you on the Sportscast Radio reboot. But yesterday, 420 on Versus, they did Method Man versus Red Man in the song battle. And a couple of my compadres were saying, you know, what is the greatest, the two greatest hip-hop people who aren't in a group, but their music is better when they're together? Like, is any, like, could anybody who's not in the group, when they are together, make better music than Red Man and Method Man? And I, one of them pointed out Kanye and Jay-Z. And then I came in today and I was like, guys, you guys are idiots. How did you, how did you miss this? And they're like, what are you talking about? And uh, I, I'm going to read the exact quote from uh, from Mr. Jordan Jisco. Jordan will be around 11.05 tonight. He is going to be playing some three strikes with us, Luke. He will be the narrator. He said, damn, how did I forget this shit? I am ashamed of myself. The obvious answer is Eminem and Royce the 5'9", man. Bad me evil. Let's call as we hear Royce leading us in here. But that's okay. We got a great show. I just had to bring that up. Right, you know, Luke, we were talking to you at the beginning. That's a rant and rave too much. Um, I said to you that I have more useless sports knowledge that is not needed. I uh, I was taking a piss before the show, and in reverse order, I recited to myself the top 20, which is the only people in NHL history to score 600 or more goals from 20 to 1 in reverse chronological order. I I think you have too much time on your hands. (laughs) So I'm hoping when George jumps in and he's like, all right, I know you guys did the top 10 scores, but can you name me the top 20? I'm going to go, Luke, hold my beer. Also, uh, one of our homies wants to say hello to, say hello to our alternate product, WrestleCast Radio. Let me, let me let the homie talk. Hi, everyone. This is William Hung from American Idol, and you're listening to the WrestleCast Radio. And here's a special song for you. Thank you, she William. bangs, she bangs, oh baby, but she moves, she moves. I go that crazy, goes, like it flow, but she sing like it be. 
And every girl in history, you bang. You bang. That's the radio. <laughs> he got gypped. He should have won American Idol. Yeah, well, if he would have, if he would have repped the rep song style media, you know, he would have had some proper backing, but I digress. We got mock draft 3.0 tonight, Luke. I have 27 changes in my 32 picks. I no think trade. I counted, and then I have 14. I don't. I only have one trade, I think. Only one, one trade. trade. So you have one trade. I have no trades, and I've literally only kept five picks the same, which I'm sure most of you are going to know what two of them are, meaning there's only three mysteries whatsoever. <laughs> I, I tell you what, it was one of those revolving doors where I started something at this pick, which went to this pick, and then this pick, and this pick, and then this pick, and you know what I mean, so on and so forth, which one of them I'm thoroughly excited for. Um, I doubt it's going to happen, but uh, once Jared Barnes is uh, Barsness from uh, FranchiseTag.com comes on uh, just a couple moments here to talk about our beloved hometown Minnesota Vikings. I'm just going to lay it out there, and I'm going to ask him flat out, what is the possibility this could happen? I don't think it's going to. But damn it, if it does, I, it, you know, it's one of those things where by, by proxy, you just start going down a list, and as you go down the list, more things fall and more things fall, and then all of a sudden you're – you literally just look at your piece of paper and you suddenly think you're David Fisdale. Take that for data. And, and you're, just, you're just ready to rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, it, it, spot on analysis there. Look at that one. <laughs> Sorry, I heard a weird noise behind me and I didn't know what it was. So I was scared for a second that I was being haunted. But uh, No, I agree. I was doing... <laughs> I was doing my mock draft, and as I was going down the line, a player was there still, and I was like, there's no way this person is coming this far down, but I'll just plug him here now. Well, with that being said, we're going to get right into it. Jared, you with us? Yeah, yeah, a little faint, a little faint, like you're coming out of the entranceway at a wrestling show. We're going to get this locked down, though, ladies and gentlemen. There, how's that? Oh, Minnesota, stand up. Ladies and gentlemen, we like to see it in this house. I can tell by the area code. We got a Minnesotan joining us here, Luke. This is, we're going to keep this all, uh, all family in here. Jared, welcome to Sportscast Radio. Go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, throw some plugs at these people real quick as we dive into this draft. All right. Well, my name is Jared Barsness. Um, I'm a Vikings fan. I write for FranchiseTag.com, um, do a lot of draft stuff for them over there, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jared, J-A-R-E-D-B-A-R-S-N-F-L. Now, I wanted to ask you real quick before we get into it, what is this split division thing I saw that you guys have for YouTube? So, um, there's five of us, uh, all from the NFC North, um, NFC North fans. So there's me for the Vikings, and we got a Bears guy, and then we got a Lions guy, and we have two Packers guys. And we basically go on there and banter back and forth, talk about our teams throughout the season. How, uh, how bummed is the Lions guy usually? <laughs> oh, he, he, he is awesome. Seriously, he's, he's so great. And he's a good sport, and we give him, we give him a hard time all the time. Um, and he takes it well, he's, and he's funny. He's a really funny guy. I, I wish I had the Paul Allen uh, 2000, what was it, 2008 or whatever, 
I don't know why I can't remember the year when he's like, come on, man, this isn't Detroit. When fire <laughs> the interception. The interception, <laughs> yeah. This is Detroit, man. He's all bad. <laughs> Jared, i got to ask you right off the back here. Uh, myself and Luke will go back and forth with you and talk a bunch of this draft for the Vikings. We wanted to save the Minnesota Vikings to the week before the draft as we're both hometown natives ourselves here living in the great state of Minnesota. I completely changed all thoughts of things when I did my 3.0 mock draft today. And through a process of just open door A to open door B, going to C, going to D, I somehow had Rashad Slater falling to 14. Is there any possible chance in hell, or did it just was just one of those random dominoes that fell the odd way that will never happen again in my draft? No, that's absolutely, to me, a possibility. Um, I think in my latest mock draft, I actually had him going at 13, and then the Vikings grabbed uh, Christian Derrissaw at 14. But I definitely could see him um, slipping past Derrissaw in some uh, strange event. Um, you know, no one saw Jefferson flipping to the Vikings last year. Definitely something that I could see happening. And if that happened and the Vikings don't take him, then there's going to be some extra Oh my! We, and, and the way our mock has lined up here, Luke, not to cut you off, and I'll be done here. Um, we've been we've been kind of mocking Darisaw thirteen and Elijah Vera Tucker at fourteen. It's kind of been the way things have gone. But I, I got a tip from somebody from the Chargers about something at thirteen, and this the, the luck of the dice roll that I was like, oh my god, if we can land Rashawn Slater, who some people are putting above Penay Sewell. I was like, my prayers are answered, man. My prayers are answered. So I just wanted to make sure I wasn't just high on something when I did this, but Luke, I apologize. I cut you off there, sir. Go jump right in there. My How friend. dare you? <laughs> I'm just, I couldn't, I'm literally going through here and I'm going, all right, 14. Who do I have on my board? And I was like, there's no way. And then I went back into the 13 and I was like, oh, please God, tell me this could happen. <laughs> that would be a godsend if it did. Uh, but my question is, is, with the latest news of, like, Justin Fields' epilepsy coming out, um, I think he's going to fall a little just because I don't think very many – not a lot of teams, but some teams are maybe not going to – Uh-oh. Did Luke get – I, I think we did. The, the power of blog talk radio was too much for him, I think. <laughs> uh, blog talk has been known to uh, throw Yakuza kicks at us and other – uh, metaphors in our pro wrestling lifestyle. I think where he was going was with the Justin Fields news that come out. Some people are saying that he's going to be able to grow out of it. Shouldn't be a problem. But do you think there's an opportunity he could fall into a place where he could come to us or we could move up potentially to grab him? Um, you know, the latest I could see him making it is pick nine with the Broncos. Um, if he makes it to nine, then he's, there's no way that the Broncos pass him up. And that means that the Vikings need to trade up uh, you know, to eight or seven. Um, and that I just can't see them putting, cause that's going to cost them a lot though. It'll be next year's first, at least along with this year's first. Um, and with Kirk cousins and the fact that they are basically stuck with them next year as well, it would not make sense to me to give up that much to jump up for them. Um, and honestly, I don't even, know if he'll make it that long. I could see the 49ers grabbing him. Um, they could totally just look past the whole epilepsy thing. I'm back, I think. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. back. I, I don't I, know what happened. I, I think the website did something goofy. 
Oh, you got you got you. you so blog talk is a lot like Triple H in the early 2000s, where if he doesn't like you, you're just going to get buried. Like when, when when Booker T should have won the world title, and they're like, "No, nah, Barry, Daddy, I will not lose to him," ah, and then you just win. <laughs> All right, what was then, your question, Ryan? So I don't copy well, you. I I had basically I thought I finished your question. I asked about is he gonna you know is there a chance he could follow us or do we try to move to get him? Was that what you were gonna ask? Yeah, I was gonna ask if he falls to fourteen and do the Vikings do the Vikings pull the trigger? I mean, it's Justin Fields. If if he falls to fourteen, yeah whole thing of him actually making it that far gotcha. and I can't see that so obviously we all know a glaring hole is our offensive line but I'm always scared to death we're going to draft like an edge rusher we're going to get you know grab Jalen Phillips or something like that when there's so many more things that we do need at 14 where do you see the Vikings looking right now with the way that this draft is kind of rolling out I mean I think they're they're in a spot, um, in my opinion, where they can look at like a best player available um, at 14, or even trade back. Um, you know, if someone like Christian Derrissa or Rashawn Slater, which I'm pretty sure one of those two will be there. If one of those two guys are there, then I think they have to jump on one of them. Um, but after those two, um, I mean, if you want to look at Elijah Vera Tucker, that's a trade back scenario guy. You know, you're not going to draft a guard at 14 unless it's someone like Quentin Nelson. Um, so, like an edge rusher, I you got to put someone on the other side from Daniel Hunter. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, they take a Jalen Phillips or a Quiddy Pay at 14 if he's sitting there. With the Jeff Gladney stuff that's come out, uh, you know, we we know Mike Zimmer. You know that he loves his cornerbacks. Um, it'll make a lot of people angry, but just don't be shocked if they end up um, going cornerback in the first either. Man, if they go corner, I'm shutting the TV off, I swear. <laughs> shutting Greg it off. Newsom the second from Northwestern. No! <laughs> um, so, uh, I read a couple mock drafts here in the last couple days that have uh, the top five quarterbacks going in the top ten picks. If Penny Sewell ends up falling, not to us, obviously, but if he's there at, like, eight, nine. Do you think uh, Spielman makes a trade up a few picks to get the best left tackle in the draft? Um, You know, I think it depends on how much uh, it will end up costing them. Uh, That's a lot. It'll it'll be a lot, I feel like. Like I said, uh, when you got kicked off, to get up to that, like an eight or a nine pick, it'd be um, probably next year's first along with this year's first to jump that much um, for such a high-value guy like him. And it's tough to think that the Vikings would pull that trigger when you have a really good chance of getting someone like Christian Derrissa or Rashawn Slater to fall to you at 14. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know if I can see them trading up uh, for Sewell at like an eight or nine. You know, I want to follow up with that. Like, if you know, if you're if you're up there, and you have a chance to grab a guy like Penny Sewell, would you make that move? Like, I almost, you know, not to, not to piggyback off of what Luke said, but if if we're sitting there at pick eight or pick nine, and Sewell's sitting there, and you're looking at you know 1,100 points or whatever the draft board states for that grade, and and we know pick 14 is 750 points, I believe is what it, what it states, or 900 points or something. You got three first round, three fourth round picks. 
why not try to throw a couple together and maybe give up a, a second next year and try to avoid that? I, I guess I just look at Penny Sewell is, is somebody, I mean, one of the stats that we look at when we open the show on our little um, highlight reel is he went eight games in a row with his quarterback not even getting a hurry. Like, I've, I've, never, I've never seen – I've seen – I shouldn't say I've never seen. I've seen tackles like this. But something of him just feels special and feels different. And we're paying Kirk Cousins so much money, and he takes such a verbal abuse because people don't realize that he's got to go back and go 1B, 2B, 3B, and he has to throw the ball because our offense is such dog shit. I, don't you just take – like, I, 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 I'm not trusting Dakota Dozier to protect my quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like you almost have to make that move. Am I crazy? I mean, if you can get away with it where you're not going to give up your first-round pick next year, then it'd be stupid not to go up for it. Um, it's just that it, 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 it all depends to me on what you're giving up to get up to that spot. Um, I know I could see, I could see like, the um, – the Panthers being a trade candidate uh, at eight there, but it's, it all depends on how much you're going to have to give up. But Sewell is, he's my, he's my number one tackle in the draft. He's most people's number one tackle in the draft. I saw Rashawn Slater for some people. I feel like um, they're kind of just trying to be different, putting Rashawn Slater ahead of them, but that's just me. Um, But I mean, I guess, I guess if you can get away with it where you're not going to give up your first next year, then, yeah, do it. You know, and I, and I don't mean to go all homer route like Paul Allen there, you know. As, once again, this is Super Bowl, it's Detroit, man, you know, like that. But, it's just, you know, if, if he starts coming down that board, it's just – I feel like you have to pull that trigger because you, you, you're you not going to get an opportunity to get that. These these type of players ne- – like the fact that uh, the Giants got a uh, – Neat Solar from the, from the Patriots was was shocking because these tackles don't move like that, and this yeah. is a guy we could get to anchor us. You know, I mean, you know, I always look at what if what if Cleveland would have had a real quarterback for Joe Thomas, it would have been life changing. Yep. I mean, you gotta be you, you gotta be slightly with me on the fact that Kirk Cousins gets so much more abuse than he deserves when you look at the bare the raw stats. He did so much better than people seem to make it, but Vikings fans are like some of the most cancerous fans. And maybe it's because I hear it so much, but it's like they destroy the guy and it's not even his fault half the time. Oh, so Kirk's my guy. I, I am a huge Kirk guy Um, on Twitter. Anyone that, anyone that follows me on Twitter knows that um, like I will back Kirk and I will, Obviously, if he does something stupid or um, deserves criticism, then, yeah, I'm going to say something. But he is the most uh, – he gets more undeserving hate than anyone in the entire league. Um, and I feel like it's just these people who they're not they're, – they're looking for somewhere to place the blame on everything, and it's easiest to place the blame on the quarterback and the head coach. And so um, – Kirk and Zimmer take the brunt of everything. Um, you want to blame the defense on Mike Zimmer last year. Well, you were missing Anthony Barr. You're missing, you missed Eric Kendricks for six games. You missed Daniel Hunter for the entire season. Uh, you had two rookie cornerbacks starting for you. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of um, – it, 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 they're the easy people to blame, and so that's who they turn to. 
it's, it's like I, I, I just I I don't I don't mean to get too too aggressive too. It's just but it's, it's so you know like I'm glad you feel the same side. It's just so frustrating. Like we we actually went out, spent the money on the guy that can help shape our franchise, and he's done fantastic. But when when he literally has like a schoolyard count of you know three B before he's got. I mean, I saw some stat that he has two point five seconds before he he starts being pressured. What do you what do you, what do you want from the guy? You know what do you what do you, what do you yeah. expect him to do? But um, anyway, to get to get back to the actual question, because now I'm going to stop ranting. I, I had to t- I had to tell Luke I apologize I'm taking up his space. Um, <laughs> you know we we wasted that second round pick. On the uh, on, on the Yannick and Gakwe deal that we we traded and then got back a third, completely moved ourselves out of the second round for no good reason. Do you see them taking any of these fourths or something with one of the thirds or the fifths since we have those ten picks and trying to get back into the second to maybe get some more draft capital to get another starter? Well, they definitely have a lot to work with. I mean, um, Rick Steelman loves his trades. And that's another thing um, with trading back in the first, which um, I I think they could be in a position to be at um, if those top three tackles are off the board, um, to trade back and maybe pick up a second or pick up a third and then flip that with a couple other picks and make it a second-round pick. Um, I I genuinely believe that they're going to find their way back into the second round at some point. Um, it's just, it, it, I think it matters who's there for them if they're going to trade into it. Um, like one of those uh, top second round wide receivers or a guard like Wyatt Davis um, in the second round. Because, I mean, you, you, you cannot trot someone like Dakota Dozier out yeah, there to start at your left guard again <laughs> next year. If Dakota Dozier is the Vikings starting left guard next year, I will not be a Vikings fan anymore. <laughs> and I don't mean to like throw him out there as the example, but it's just it's so well, no, true. He's terrible, like, I mean, <laughs> you know, so what's your you opportunity to grab like Teddy Stewart? Like, now nah, we're gonna run with Dakota Dozier. It's okay. <laughs> So what you're saying is I should return my Dakota Dozier jersey. I just <laughs> you should take that and burn that shit. Is what you do. <laughs> um, so obviously quarterbacks not a need for the Vikings in the early rounds this year. But do you see them taking a quarterback in the third or the fourth round to develop maybe after Kirk is gone in a couple years or so if they don't resign him? You know, if there's someone like – I'm not a big Kellen Mond guy, but if he's sitting there in the third or fourth round, I mean, it's hard not to take him, you know, or Kyle Trask. Someone like one of those two. Kyle Trask is boring to me. Um, he doesn't – he reminds me of Drew Brees a lot. Um, just doesn't throw the ball far. So he's not an exciting guy. But um, someone that you could develop behind Kirk Cousins for a couple of years um, – I mean, if there's if one of those guys is sitting there in the third or fourth round, absolutely. Let's uh, let's not forget, guys, that uh, the end of March last uh, last month, the Vikings re-signed the guard Dakota Dozier um, <laughs> <laughs> to compete for the starting position. I just, I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> but I digress. I, I gotta ask you here. Pick fourteen comes around. What do you want? What's your 
this this is what I think we're going to get. This is what I want us to get, and this is who I don't want us to get. Ooh, all right. Um, What's your yay, nay, I'm happy? Okay. I think I think we'll get Christian Derrissaw at 14. Um, oh, man. Someone that I don't want. I... I'd say maybe um, like a Gregory Rosso. He's he's a prodigy. Yeah. And someone Man, that, that guy had like top not twelve. Remember, he had like top twelve like mocks in like February, and now you you don't even see him in like the first two rounds. Yeah, and that's another thing about him is he's someone who absolutely could slip uh, quite a ways, and it just it just, it just be dumb to take him at that spot, but. There's plenty of people who could see him going that high, so that's the one I would not like. And then what was the what was the last one? Like, what do you really want? Situation? Yeah, like if if you if you if it fell your way, the cards went the way you went, and and, and lot realistic cards like you know Kyle Pitts doesn't fall the fourteen, or you know Penny no. Sewell doesn't fall the fourteen, but like real like a realistic this this could happen, and this makes you excited. Well, it'd have to be Rashawn Slater. I mean, um, I would be absolutely thrilled if he managed to make it. And I, I had him going at thirteen, so um, I, I could see him. I could, I could see Darrison Slater getting flipped. It's unlikely, but um, I mean, you never know. Honestly, who, who saw the Eagles taking Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson last year? You know, mm, no one. And that's the one thing too um, is. I, you know, we both originally have had had Darisau at, at 13 on our on our mocks, uh, but there was a big talk that came out that the Chargers suddenly have this giant heat and excitement for Asante Samuel Jr. And I don't know how what? how much it's really going to happen, um, but apparently the Chargers have met now with Samuel on numerous occasions. He fills the Casey Hayward cornerback release spot. And that's what made the opening where we would get the next pick, and that's how I got Slater to the Vikings. Now, it could just yeah, be Yeah, I mean, that, for me, that'd get Slater to the Vikings, too. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's supposedly, and, and this is from a gentleman that we, we talked to last week who does some, uh, some coverage for the Chargers on Sports Illustrated, that uh, there's a decent chance that they're very into Asante Samuel Jr. and that they've met with him a lot. So fingers crossed at 13, we suddenly hear that and Slater's left. Oh, my gosh. Oh, baby. I'd be so happy. <laughs> That'd be incredible. So happy. Luke, I, I, um, I, I'm, I'm parched or I'm never going to shut up what you got here. <laughs> um, who do you think? I can think talk Vikings all day, man. Besides, besides the quarterback position, who do you think's the best uh, non-QB uh, player of this draft? Oh, it, I mean, it's Kyle Pitts, 100%. Um, no question. He's just, he's a revolutionary player um, that we may we may never see anyone like him again. Um, I had him going at four to the Falcons. Um, I mean, he, he, his combination of his size and his speed and his quickness. I mean, you don't see a tight end move like wide receiver like that, but still be able to play as a tight end. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a 
that's what a lot of people are saying, and I have him as the best overall too. I mean, he's you can like you said put him out at that uh, receiver spot and run him almost like a Julio Jones because he's so fast. And he feels too a lot like Caprizov just got another one by the way three one wild ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he is the oh he's so good. You know how nice it is to finally have an actual not to turn this into hockey talk. But, you know, you look at that, that, that division the Wild are in, and every team has a bona fide star. Like, every, Tarasenko, Philippe Forsberg, Patrick Kane, until they traded him, Patrick Laine. Like, every team had a star, and we never had a guy who could score. And now we finally have a guy that can score, and it's, remar- it's, like, it's like watching a new team. <laughs> like, this goal he just scored was ridiculous. He, already, he just broke the Wild rookie record right now, 19th of the year. Let's. Let's go, Kaprizov. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got I got the the goofy ass Bally Sports North behind me. Still can't get over that channel name. So weird. <laughs> Ryan's jacked over there. I am, man. It's you know how like how is the state of hockey trash? You know what I mean? Like that shouldn't be a thing, but it is. And, you know, you, you take your licks as you get them. But, no, I, I think, uh, like, getting back on top of Kyle Pitts, he feels like the closest thing that we're going to have come out of the draft to, like, a like a Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Like, he's going to be that impactful, I think, at that position. Oh, absolutely. Uh, before we wrap up with you, with you, Jared, go ahead and plug every single thing you got once again where they can – they can watch you, read you, hear you, find you, talk you, listen to the whole nine yards. And then I have a question for you as we finish here. All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter again at uh, Jared Bars NFL. It's J A R E D B A R S NFL. Um, my podcast is uh, at Split Div Pod on um, Twitter and on YouTube with Split Division Podcast and all other streaming platforms. Um, franchise tag uh, is at franchise underscore T-A-G-D on Twitter and then franchise tag.com. Um, you can check out everything I write about the draft over there. Heck yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We got it. We got our next guest uh, sitting on the edge. And we might, we might have to do something that we haven't done in a while. We're going to have to pull double duty for a second. I got to ask you, Jared, we have a tradition. Have you ever heard of Uber Factor? I'm not. So Uberfax are literally the 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 most uneventful, most useless knowledge facts that are proven real. We have a game that we like to play with our guests called Uberfax. Would you like to play this with us, sir? It's a very simple Let's do game. It. All right, I'm going to also before we do that, Mike, you with us? I'm with you. Mike, be, real quick, go ahead and introduce yourself and, uh, and throw some plugs at us real quick. Sure thing. Uh, Mike Luciano, I am the uh, one of the writers over at Musket Fire, which is fan-sided New England Patriots site, among a couple different other places. You also see me over on the NBA side with the Toronto Raptors with the Indianapolis Colts also. I'm, I'm wearing a lot of hats over there, but I do do a lot of <laughs> Patriots coverage. <laughs> Mike, as I, as, I, as I explained to Jared, we have a game called Uber Facts. Would you like to play the Uber Facts? We will have both of you jump in with Luke. Um, I'm sure we're going to have some callers that are going to want to jump in and play this as well. But, guys, can we play a quick round of Uber Facts? Why not? Let's do it. That's what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Uber Facts. 
the most unimportant things you'll never need to know. All right, folks, the way it works, most people know what this is, but for Jared and Mike, I will give you four facts. One of these facts I completely made up and has nothing to do with, has never happened. You guys have to sniff out what is the fake fact. Um, we'll have Jared, you joined us first in uh, Minnesota Vikings hometown. We're biased. We'll have you give the first guest. Mike will come in second. Luke, uh, just, just because I got to put you at the end, you're going to come in last place. Uh, anyway, I see how it is. Place. You lose every week anyway. So we'll just have you come I in do. last. All right. <laughs> Terrific. All right, guys. Here is the first. Lindsay Bowman was the one who invented the light bulb but didn't know what to call it, so she gave it to Thomas Edison, and the rest was history. Parkopresis is the inability to poop when other people are around. Pablo Picasso kept a gun loaded with blanks, which he used to shoot at people who questioned the meaning of his paintings. And number four, Winnie the Pooh's real name is Edward Bear. Jared, what is the fake fact? Oh, uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go with uh, let's go with the Winnie the Pooh one. Winnie the Pooh one. All right, Mike. What do you feel is the fake fact here, sir? Uh, I I know for a fact that the Winnie the Pooh one is real. I can say oh. that with a hundred percent confidence. <laughs> so. <laughs> I know that that's where I'm going to guess it's got to be the inability to go around people. Cause I, I, I'm also pretty sure that the Picasso one might be real. I, that's just, you know, you hear stuff, you know, here and there over the years. I think I've heard that one before. So I'm going to go with, you know, the inability to go around people is called that, you know, whatever it was called. <laughs> Park Road prices. And Luke. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I I am also going with Mike, and it's the one about not being able to go around people. All right. I will say this right off the bat. Uh, Mike kind of took your thunder away, Jared, and I apologize. Winnie the Pooh's real name <laughs> is Edward Bear. It is what it is. <laughs> but that was a very good guess. And to be hey, fair, look, I'll never get a chance to deploy that fact ever again in my life. I got to use it. Um. You were all smart to stay away from Pablo Picasso because that is a true fact. He would shoot blanks at people who questioned his paintings. That's uh, what I should do with my columns. <laughs> you don't like what I said? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. You don't like my draft strategy? But unfortunately <laughs> for you guys, Lindsay Bowman is not anybody who has ever worked with Thomas Edison or is even real. I just took a name off of Google and put her with Bowman because they knew, put out a new set of baseball cards uh, last week. So that is the fake fact. The poop fact is real. And the house wins once again, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's rigged. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those carnival games with the claw. There we go. That's, that's, that's all I got. That's all I got to say. Uh, Jared, thank you so much for coming on, man. Great talking some hometown Vikings with you, and I'm sure we will chat again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming on, Jared. With that being said, Dr. Reverend X, hit us up. Cut that bitch off. Let's move on to the next team. We are talking New England Patriots. Mike, thank you so much for joining us and playing some Uber facts. I, I definitely appreciate that. 
Uh, always fun having that going on here. We got to move right into it. You guys are picking number 15, and I'm just going to jump right in and ask you this question, your honest thoughts and opinions. Are they sticking at 15 and hoping somebody drops, or are you guys moving up to get your quarterback? Well, it all depends if they want a quarterback because pretty much written in blood at the very top, Trevor Lawrence, number one, Zach Wilson, number two, to the Jets. Those two guys are gone. San Francisco, we don't know who it is, but they're taking the quarterback, so that's three of the guys. Now you've got two teams in front of you, Atlanta and Denver, who could conceivably take a quarterback. So if you want one, you're going to have to move up. At the same time, if you want to stay at 15, you know, there's plenty of options. You can go, you can go get a linebacker. You could go, in case of Stephon Gilmore, trade rumors don't exactly die out. You get another cornerback, potentially another wide receiver that has – more of a higher ceiling than a guy like a Nelson Aguilar or a Kendrick Bourne. So it all depends on if they really want a quarterback, which I'm not sure that they definitely do right now because I think that there's a good deal of faith in Cam Newton over there because why would Belichick bring him back after the year he had if he didn't have some sort of belief that this guy's yet to really scratch the surface of what he could do in New England? Um. I've heard a lot of rumors about uh, Patriots staying where they are and drafting one of uh, the wide receivers if they fall or trading up for one of the top-tier wide receivers to give Cam a true number one target. Uh, Is there any truth to that, do you feel? It's tough with this just because they they went for a very scattershot approach this offseason in terms of how to beef up the roster. So instead of paying a bunch of money for a guy like, like a Kenny Galladay, to lesser players, Aguilar and, and Bourne. So I think that's definitely up there, but I honestly think the only real trade-up is going to come if they want a quarterback like a Mac Jones or somebody like that. Because I think if not, they'll just stay at 15, or if anything, dude, this is the classic Belichick thing of trading down and just getting more picks. The, the classic Belichick. <laughs> Speak, speaking of what he said, I can't help but play this. Oh, my man just started throwing babies out the window. We was catching them, unlike Aguilar. I just, you know, I mean, I can't. I can't not hey, play that okay one. last year. He had, a, he had an okay year. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I thought, I, like, I, I thought he, I thought he underwhelmed him in Philly. He was much better in USC. I just, I don't think it was a, a good representation of himself. So I, I'm with you on that. It's just. When a guy's catching babies, it got to the point where every it got to the point there, it got to the point in Philly too, where every time he would drop a pass or he go over his head, everybody would start. But he just needed to get out of there. He needed a yeah. fresh start. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> one guy at fifteen, I could see falling to you guys, and would be a nice acquisition. What's your thoughts on uh, Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons? You couldn't create a guy. If there was a Hollywood movie, Central Casting, we need a guy to play linebacker for Bill Belichick. That's the dude. It's one of those ultimate. It reminds me when Roquan yeah, yeah. Smith for the, was coming out and he was starting to slip a little bit. I'm like, dude, but don't over, don't overthink this guy. Like, he, he's that big. He's that fast. That much production in the Big Ten. I mean, this guy has 4-4 four, four speed. He's 240. He's lined up an edge rusher at the problem with Belichick, especially with linebackers, is a lot of teams always have these physical thresholds that you got to reach. The Seahawks are big with this in terms of how big you got to be, how long your arms got to be. But New England does that a lot for their linebackers. That's why all their, look at their guys over the last few years. It's 
Dante Hightower and Jamie Collins and Kyle Van Noy, all these big, versatile dudes. And there aren't really a ton of them. Parsons is one of those guys. And, I mean, if you were saying to the end of the year, he's going to be available at 15, I mean, you, they would have whacked you out of the room. And now it's looking like there's a legit chance. Now, if Parsons is there at 15, I mean, I would I would sprint to the podium because I would not believe that he could be there at 15. That feels like, aside from Denver, that that's the most logical place for him. Denver could be good. It's just I'm worried that they might end up going quarterback just because I don't know if they're 100% in on lock. And if a guy like a Fields or a Trey Lance is there, they might just go, well, you, are we going to pass this up? And then Parsons starts to slide. Uh, the Patriots aren't uh, used to drafting this high, usually with uh, Tom Brady being there for the last hundred bajillion years. Do you think there's any chance that they overthink this pick and make the wrong choice? I don't really think so. I think just because, not in the sense that whoever they're going to pick is automatically going to be great because, you know, in recent years they haven't been great, like a Nikhil Harry or uh, Isaiah Winston Gobin. He's been healthy, but he's only played a handful of games. But, yeah, at the same time, like, yeah, this is Bill Belichick. We're past, like, really doubting him or saying that, you know, anything draft-wise, like, he's eventually going to be stumped. Like, he'll, he'll figure something out. And I think the the bigger thing, too, with the offseason is that roster, like, last year was atrocious. It was just more atrocious than we thought it was going to be going in. So by plugging a lot of these holes, he goes, all right, here's what we need. We need a linebacker that can stand up and rush a pass a little bit. That's the versatility. We need potentially a speed threat going down the field and a big spacing and defensive tackle. We can just attack those in the three rounds. But Miami, we don't really know where they're at. Did they overachieve last year? And the Jets aren't going to be very good. Don't be surprised if they, you know, win, you know, two or three extra games. Luke, I got two questions for him here I want to ask. Uh, one, what's this talk of Kellen Mond? suddenly having this texting relationship with Josh McDaniels. Is this something where we're going to see this guy later in the draft go, or is it just two people just sharing memes, having a ha-ha fun time? I think there's some legit uh, buzz to that, only because the first five quarterbacks are pretty set. We don't know the order, but Lawrence, Wilson, Jones, Field, Lance, and whatever order you want are the first five guys. Whoever's going to be number six, just because the way these prospects are shaking out, they might be the only guy picked on day two. And there are a couple guys vying for that with Kyle Trask from Florida, Davis Mills from Stanford, who are okay, they're accurate. You know, they make all – you've seen that prototype a bajillion times. But I think what might set Mond apart if they want to take a quarterback on day two, he's mobile, he's been a three-year starter in college, which – Belichick comes from the Parcells train. Parcells is very big on having a ton of experience as a college starter. Even though he's got a little kind of a wiry frame, laser beams all over the field, was producing in a tough conference, played well against good competition. There's a lot to like about him. Now, you got to ask, you know, being probably 6'2 and I'd say 210 on a good day, is that ideal weather for when you're playing in New England and Buffalo in that cold winter air for guys playing Texas his whole career, but there's a lot to like about Mond, and I think if they go quarterback on day two, he might be the guy. Um, the other thing that I was going to ask about, too, is there is a, uh, a website, Gillette Nation, um, that, that does some coverage, and they put out a rumor, and this doesn't make a lot of sense to me because they could have just pulled the trigger last year and not had to make a trade, 
But have you heard anything about this trade yesterday that came out about a Patriots-Packers trade involving Jordan Love? I don't really think that that would make a ton of sense only because, but from Green Bay's perspective, honestly, just because I think you almost, Jordan Love has almost become, in a sense, untradeable because, God forbid, if you get rid of him and Aaron Rodgers, you know, got to replace his leg or something, then, then there's your backup plan gone. So I think that they're sort of trapped to keep him as the backup quarterback. Now, ideally, if you could just, you know, wave a magic wand or go play Madden and turn off all the, the things that make trades unrealistic <laughs> and you could get that to happen, there's a lot to like about Love as a prospect. You know, if there was a beautiful pass, strong arm, mobile, can throw off platform, but I don't really see Love as a fit. Uh, it's just weird because they could have just drafted him. That's kind of what threw me for a loop. And I thought it, might, it just might be some – some hearsay, but I just I wanted to, I wanted to throw it out there. Yeah, and I really I mean it it could work, but there are there are plenty of better options out there right now. And this could come from a guy who likes love as a prospect. You know, don't don't you know tie yourself into knots. Just you know do your work on the draft quarterbacks right now. In a perfect world, who do the Patriots draft at fifteen? Is it is it Micah Parsons or is it someone else that falls to them? Well, I think ideally they would want to get a quarterback and not trade up. And honest, I know that there might be buzz saying otherwise. I think the most likely quarterback they end up with right now is Mac, just because I really can't see San Francisco passing on field just because not only is he just a, a better prospect in every conceivable fashion and every single thing that guys have tried to dig him as a prospect for has been – a bunch of nonsense. Like they had guys at ESPN the other day saying that, you know, his throwing mechanics are bad because he played baseball, which he played baseball four years ago. And the number one overall pick two years ago was drafted top 10 overall in baseball. So that doesn't make any sense at all. But if you go, those are the the top three firmly, in my opinion, Lawrence Wilson and Fields. And I think Lance just has the higher athletic ceiling, the higher, he got the better arm. So I think he'll probably go ahead of him, maybe to like a Denver or something like that. So if he starts flipping, I think that ideally Mac could end up in New England just because not only is he a saving guy, and you know the saving Belichick connection, and Belichick loves his SEC guys, but quick decision maker, more arm talent than people give him credit for, I think he'd be a good fit. Now, if they don't want to go quarterback, I think a guy like Parsons or perhaps a Jalen Waddle or even Devontae Smith, if he starts flipping just because – he, uh, they did the medical checks over in uh, the Indianapolis Medical Combine, and he weighed in today at 166 pounds, which, you know, finding the amount of good receivers that didn't have elite speed, like Deshaun Jackson had elite speed. Guys that small and that slow that are great, there's not a ton. So I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a little bit of a slide and ends up at 15. When, and that's the one thing, too. Like, I feel like all these people are just equating Ohio State to Justin Fields, and he's not going to be good. I truly think he's going to be the second best quarterback in the draft behind Trevor Lawrence. I really do, and you know, I, I, I do too. Like, people go, "Oh, Dwayne Haskins, like, he's a completely different player, completely 100%. different offense." You can see it in the vision and just the way he looks when he's like, he, he's got four options and he looks at every single option. He's not just, you know, he's not just heaving it, you know. And and I'm a, I, I I have which you know when we get to mock draft 3.0 later today. I have Trey Lance going third to the Niners because I got a lot of people that have said that, that Lance is the guy and it's all a smokescreen for Mac Jones. And whether it's well, after, Jones, after he's dating Liz Calvert, that's a couple notches up. 
But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely take uh, – I wouldn't be surprised if Lance goes that high. And, and I would take over Mac Jones, I think, too. But, you know, I got to ask you, are you comfortable with Mac Jones? Is he I, – I truly think he is going to be a bust. I don't think he's going to be good. I don't think he – I think he is the, the product of the system that he played in. And I think when you have the wide receivers that he had in Jalen Waddell and, and uh, you know, Devonta Smith, he had Najee Harris, you know, he's got so many weapons – He's going to be better than I really think he is. And I just, I, I, I don't want him. Like, I saw a mock draft that had him fall at 14 to the Vikings that I about threw up. I just, I don't want well, him. I don't want anything to do I honestly don't. I will say this. I think that he's going to be an okay quarterback because I'm, the arm talent is there and the accuracy mm-hmm. is definitely there. I mean, he, I know that he had a lot of help around him, but, if, I mean, the Ohio State game, I mean, that was just a clinic on hitting stuff. I know Devontae Smith was killing Sean Wade, but Mac was still making the throws. I will say this to agree with you, though. Of the five, I think he is the most likely to bust of the five, just because I think he's the most limited athlete of the five. And they're playing like it's a deal to be the bust. You know what I mean? Like, it's just – it's almost like they're the lying gets me crazy State. about the field. It gets about the field, and they go, well, he doesn't look past his first read. Number one, he does. <laughs> and, number, and number two, like the problem is Haskins did not look past his first read, and the way and what Ryan Day and Urban Meyer did is they basically made the offense a little bit more simple. So if you look, it's a lot of just quick one read throws, or even on deeper throws, a lot of route combinations where you just look into one guy. Field they trusted to sort of scan the whole field more, and they actually changed the whole passing game to accommodate that. But it's the thing that's pissing me off about field. They did this with Lamar Jackson too. Is not only are they just giving him red flags that like don't exist, but they'll say things like, "Oh, he's bad at this." But if you look at the film, they're like, "No, he's great at this." Like it doesn't even make any sense. It's like saying, had, "Oh yeah, Lamar Jackson is, isn't good." I remember reading this guy report saying Lamar Jackson wasn't good at living out of structure. I'm like, "What are you nuts?" <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing he's great at. NFL today had a had a had a four four slot um, like showing the Niners offense and then comparing the Ohio State offense to it, and it showed Justin Fields checking off and looking at all four options before he made his move, and it's something that you know myself and Luke have talked about. Not only is that, but this league is kind of like the NBA is evolving into a three point league. This is evolving into a mobile quarterback league, which favors him even more. And that's just, you know, not to banter on the, the, the fields thing, you know, so much, but I just don't understand why he's getting slept on so hard. Well, the thing that I'm encouraged on about him potentially being drafted where I think he should be slotted is he did a lot of work with that quarterback collective, uh, you know, mm. training thing. Now, who owns quarterback collective? Mike Shanahan. And who does a lot of the work with that? Kyle Shanahan, who's on, what's the, I remember when I was looking at the cover in the website, it was Kyle Shanahan doing a drill with Justin Fields. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't put that to bed, you know? No, I will say though, I think to, to, to credit Mac Jones and Luke, you know, jump in when I'm done here. Cause I've been ranting um, to credit Mac Jones. I think new England is a perfect situation for him because he doesn't need to be that quarterback. We saw what, 
Tom Brady was with this style of a system. You need a pocket passer who can just sling the ball around. And that is where I think Mac Jones avoids being that potential bust is put in the right system. And I think that is New England. And I think if he gets to you guys, that's where he can win. I don't, I don't think he's going to win in Denver. You know, I don't, I don't think he's going to win it. You know, for some reason, Detroit goes, ah, oh, we don't believe in Jared Goff, and they take him. You're not winning there. He wins in New England, and I think that you guys win with him. I think so, too, because one of the things that I think gets overlooked when looking at Mac Jones is I think it became a little more evident when Tua had – like, Tua was – I know people were saying, like, oh, he's awful. He was fine. He just wasn't, you know, like setting the world on fire like Herbert was. But it really made people go look back at Steve Sarkeesian's offense. Now, it was great in college at Washington, USC. It didn't work when he was the OC of the Atlanta Falcons. He goes back to yep. Alabama. It works. It's more simplistic, and there's a lot more trickery and moving around and gadget stuff than than people think. And you throw on top of that, you know, four- and five-star super athletes going up against Vanderbilt and Mississippi State, like you're going to get some good numbers and some wide-open guys. So I think that the, the sort of limitations of Sark's offense are out in the open more. I think people are going to say, all right, we need to let Matt just sit on the sideline a little bit and digest this this cheesecake factory menu of information Josh McDaniels is going to throw at him. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to look at Sark because he, he had such a such an inflated offense. That's a good way to look at it. Well, let's like be honest, Kevin. no <laughs> one's going to win in Detroit. No one. No one wins. No, look, we've been yelling at the whole time. Absolutely <laughs> like, like we said earlier with Paul Allen in that 2008 NFC Championship with fire through that pick when he's like, come on, man, this is the Super Bowl in St. Detroit. <laughs> I mean, the you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. I was, I, I was so angry. <laughs> oh, I, that was, I will never forget that call. That is, that's like all-time announcers breaking kayfabe and getting mad on the air. Oh, he just said that kayfabe, too. Let's go. Kayfabe's dead, well, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Didn't the guy in the Timberwolves do that once when I think they were playing the Mavericks and – I think a guy got fouled on the last shot and didn't get called, and the guy was screaming, oh, that's a foul. I think, I think that's great, too. The Timberwolves go look that Kevin up. Harlan, uh, we used to have Kevin Harlan before he got signed to TNT, and Harlan would go nuts. Like, I mean, you know, everyone knows Kevin Harlan now with, with TNT, but, you know, think of him being a hometown guy. Oh, he didn't care. Harlan, he, the big kick at Kevin Garnett. You know, he was Nuts then, but he he had that energy. The best Harlan call was he was doing the NCAA tournament. I think Temple was playing. And they had a guy with the last name Pierre Louis, and he was going on a fast break, and then he dropped the ball and ran out of the it ran out of bounds. And he just went, "Oh, soccer and blue for Pierre Louis." I'm like, <laughs> 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 uh, funny. This guy's oh. a man. <laughs> Who who's the one guy you don't want the Patriots to take at fifteen? Like if they take him, you're just gonna be super mad the rest of the day. Well, the the one guy there, honestly, I think this year there aren't a ton of like crazy risers that are high in the draft because more guys are looking at just film because there's less in person meetings. So I think that there's guys are sort of slotted okay. But the one guy that I'm honestly not big on the hype for is Owusu uh, Karamoa from Notre Dame. The linebacker, the pretty much the consensus next linebacker after Parsons. And this guy's the, the next time he gets off the block will be his first time. I, I cannot believe this guy was winning <laughs> linebacker awards. 
I mean, you're just playing a linebacker at like 6'1", 219. You're waiting at 221. It's pretty. You can't play a linebacker in the NFL like that. Like, there are safety prospects that are bigger than that. And especially for a guy like Belichick who, you know, he wants bigger linebackers. Hightower, Jawan Bentley right now. I, I get the guy's a great athlete and he's a great coverage guy and he, he hits hard and he flies around. But, I mean, Belichick wants you to stick your nose right in the gut. When, you know, a 330-pound guard comes pulling off of him, he's going to get run over. And I think that would just be the completely wrong defensive scheme for this guy. You, you know, I'll come back on the other end. What what do you what do you want at fifteen? You know, Mike, if you if, you could, want if the do, if the domino if you could have the dominoes fall the way you want to go, Mike, what do you want to land to you at fifteen? Is it Micah Parsons. Parsons? That's what I figured. Parsons is the guy. I just I think but people I think are that... discrediting him and I think people are looking at a lot of things about him that they shouldn't and I think he's going to be vastly underdrafted. He's going to fall to a team like New England, and everyone's going to do the shit. We should have took him. This this happens every year, mostly just because. I think it might happen less this year, though, just because. Alluding to that earlier point, where it's more film based, and there's less uh, there's less uh, relying on you know in person interviews and stuff like that. I feel like that's why there aren't going to be a ton of crazy reaches or guys falling a ton. And I think that because the Parson just seems like one of those guys you get out of a meeting and they're just going to be like, oh, people are hearing, uh, you know, he didn't interview well or whatever like that. It's like, just cut that off. Don't worry about that. This guy's 245 pounds. He's 4'4". He plays linebacker and edge. Like, just take the dude. Like, it, the, the, just because these guys are NFL general managers does not mean that they are good, like, decision makers or readers of personality. And like, and it's just people make mistakes every year on this stuff. And luckily, I don't think Belichick's that like emotional where he would get wrapped up in that. I think you just see Parsons for what he is, and you know, Dante Hightower reincarnated, but faster. I'm going to take him, of course. So you have him taking the linebacker in the first round. How do you see the rest of the draft playing out in the first uh, few rounds there? Like, what do you want to what do you want to see them attack through like the first four rounds? Well, I think if they get the linebacker in the first round, that's just because this draft for linebackers. There's a couple of guys at the very top: Awusu Koromoa or Zayvon Collins, Nick Bolton from Missouri, guys like that. But there's a pretty precipitous drop off after that. So I want to get one of the better guys now. And then you can address wide receiver in the middle round. You can go get a quarterback in the middle round, the pass-catching running back, which is something that they need because James White is not getting any younger. So I think ideally, I think maybe second round, you go look at like a wide receiver or a cornerback, which there will be plenty of in this draft. And then maybe you can get that pass-catching running back, like a JV and Hawkins out of uh, Louisville, Demetrius Felton from UCLA, who is dominating the senior bowl at wide receiver and running back. So, I think those are some of the guys you should look at targeting. Uh, before I let you go, Mike, i got to ask one last question for you. you see anything crazy coming out of this draft, especially for New England? Anything that you kind of have a weird sixth sense that you're like, please, God, don't let this happen? Well, the only really crazy thing I could see, which I don't think will happen, is they trade up to, like, four and go get Lance. Just because, I mean, because Lance does not seem like a Belichick prospect. You know, one year of starting at North Dakota State in an offense that ranks 70% of the time. But, I mean, if, it, 
if you give a, a guy like that, you give him that kind of structure, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and all the tight ends and receivers that they got, I mean, whew, and then that'll be, that could be something. <laughs> Just so Josh McDaniels doesn't Tim Tebow it up and <laughs> Michael, greatly appreciate you coming on talking some Patriots football. They're in such an interesting draft spot for this year that we had the, so many people that were asking about. Uh, you know, you can have somebody talk Patriots, so I'm glad we got to nail a lot of questions of what people wanted. You know, just kind of talk on the draft. Plug everything you got once again. You did it before Uberfax. Do it again for us so we can get another insight on everything that you do because you got some awesome takes, man. All right, thank you guys. It's a pleasure, pleasure being on. All right, we'll we'll talk soon. Uh, he didn't want to play. He needs now. some milk. Um, uh, he's he's part of he's part of Um, yeah. Uh, his is by Mike Luciano on Twitter. I think it was his Twitter. I, I'm not trying to like. I'm not trying to dog him. I just. I wanted him to plug what he had because I thought he was good. And he was like, he looked at me and he was like, oh, I'm sorry. And he just was left. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, fantastic team previews, Vikings, Patriots. What kind of take you got right now about here in 14 and 15 right now with the picks? Um, I still Where's your head like- after that talk? I still think the Vikings are going to go uh, offensive line for sure. They're, I don't think there's any way they can go any other way there. And I still think the Patriots take a quarterback, whether they trade up or they stay there. I don't, I, I don't think Micah Parsons is going to make it that far, to be honest. I have him going in the top 14 uh, before the Patriots would even get there. And I, I just think Bill Belichick's going to draft a quarterback because I, I don't I don't think they have as much trust as people do. Um, I think they're going to be looking for the future, not for um, right now per se. Yeah, it's going to be interesting interesting to see how this goes. I think both of these teams, like I I, I know last year with the Justin Jefferson pick, everyone was very happy and. You know, a couple of years ago, I was thrilled with the Quan Treadwell, even though he sucked. But, like, the Vikings tend to do what you really want them to do. And then they go a couple of years where they don't give you what you want, but they still they still make good picks. But you're just kind of like, ah, that's not like what you want. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, nothing against Mike Hughes from Iowa. But I was like, damn it. I didn't want him. Yeah. You know, I think he would. Yeah, he would have been better if he went to guy. He's been hurt every year he's played. Yeah, and that's and that's by no means me dogging him, but like last year they gave us a hundred percent what we wanted at wide receiver. So like, I just feel like this is a year where the Vikings are going to draft for what the Vikings want. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying they draft. I don't want people to think that I'm saying they draft for their fans. Our fans really want this, so let's take that. Like, no, they don't do that. But it's just. I feel like they're gonna they're gonna take the unsexy pick. Like I yeah. think the Vikings are gonna take Micah Parsons. Uh, as like, much as I would love like it, we, we don't need. Like we don't. Yeah. I think we don't need, but like we need an O line. 
You've got Christian Derisow. You may have Rashawn Slater. You have Elijah Vera Tucker. You know, trade back and get Ke- get Kevin Jenkins. Like, there is quality at the O-line. And I just – they're going to, you know, Spielman's going to walk up and go with the, with the 14th pick, the Minnesota Vikings select. Quitty Pay, edge rusher, Michigan. It's like, I throw it. my da- I turn my damn remote through the TV. No, because you might be in my. You'll be at my house, so that doesn't matter. I'll, I'll throw it. Then I'll throw it through your damn TV. No man, this bitch is a QLED. I'll, I'll buy you a new one if I break it. That's that's tight. Then we just gotta make sure we get it filled. <laughs> <laughs> you break it, you buy it. Well, like me and you discussed uh, a couple days ago, like at 14, if you're there and let's say, let's say for some weird reason, Jalen Waddle falls. Do you take him and pair him with Thielen and uh, Jefferson? God, it's, it's hard. You know, a, a part of me would say yes, but then, uh, you know, my last two mock drafts, I had Waddle going 16 to the Cardinals and the Vikings skipped on. Yeah. Because my thing is, is, is I'm a Thielen fan. I have two Thielen jerseys. He, he, he's my boy. Um, but what's up, Coco? What's up, Coco? Most, <laughs> most, the most fans, true Vikings fans, gotta believe he's eventually on his way out within the next few years. I mean, he's aging. He's like 33, I think. I think there's only like two years left on his contract, two or three. And I mean. He was talks of trade rumors when they were trying to trade Diggs that instead they wanted to keep Diggs, but Diggs was the more sought after product to get what they wanted. I mean, I mean, it, if one of them falls, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. No, that's one of those ones where we say that's a sexy pick. Yeah, yeah. You know, just it, we're in this weird situation where a sexy pick for the Vikings is a flipping offensive lineman like that's not what a sexy pick should be but that's like where we're at we're like oh god if we could just get it all line (laughs) you know and it shouldn't be i mean i shouldn't say it shouldn't be but you know we we look if we don't get christian darisel rashawn slater or elijah vera tucker and any of those guys are there at 14 unless we trade back like you know, Jared Barnes, uh, Barsness said, you know, he thinks you could get Elijah Vera Tucker later. Maybe you can. I know yeah. you could probably get a Kevin Jenkins later. But, if you know, if we come out of the first round where Slater's there and we don't take him or Darisau's there and we don't take him and we move back into the first and still don't – you know, if we move back to 23 and we don't take a lineman and we take – I don't know, like, you know, we, we move back to 23 – and we decided decide to take Aziz Ojolari from Georgia. Once again, we're in the same boat, we're taking that edge rusher. I don't want it. Just like Quiddy Pay earlier. Yeah, no. I want, yeah, a, no. I want alignment. I, we need alignment. We, you know, and that's why I'm glad Jared was, was on board about the Cousins things I'm always bitching about. Because you know how much I complain about Cousins fans. Yeah, Cousins is our boy. Yeah, like people just need to stop finding a way to complain. And it's just, if you can't keep them upright, what are you going to do? You're not going to do nothing. <laughs> so my the thing same is... thing's going to happen. We're going to pick in the middle of the draft to get nothing. Yeah, I think I think the right pick and the sexy pick is an offensive lineman just because we need one. I mean, there's no doubt we need one. But I'm, I'm looking something up for you real quick. One, two, three, four, 
five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So out of the sixteen games last year, um, eight out of the ten. So out of the ten of the sixteen, we lost eight of these games. We scored twenty-eight points or more in those eight games. Wow. So I mean, do we really like? I know we need an offensive lineman, but we were putting up points with shitty linemen. Like, yeah. So at the same at the same time, like. Yeah, would that improve? Would we have scored more points? So, like, do we really need to fix the defense, too? But with the acquisitions that Spielman did in offseason with uh, Pat Pete, uh, Xavier yeah. Woods, and Mackenzie Alexander, I think that fixed a lot of the problems. I wouldn't hate another defensive end because I've heard, like, everyone's heard the rumors Daniil Hunter might not want to play here unless if he gets paid. Who knows if that's true? But... Like, but right now we're I, rocking Steven Weatherly is a seventh round pick in 2016. Yeah. So I maybe think, you're right, and we do take an edge. I mean, you look at our you look at our tackles, Armin Watson, Delvin Tomlinson. We don't yeah. have. I mean, unless Michael Pierce can come back and play. I think he announced he is coming back. So I mean, our tackles are tight. We got the Williams we're, wall back, and, and we got we got Hercules Mata'afa. Yeah, and there's that uh, dude, uh, Winnem, Winnem, Winnonem, whatever the hell that kid's name. DJ, DJ Wanham. Yeah, he had promise last year. Yeah. So, I don't know. It will be interesting. The the smart pick is an offensive lineman, obviously, because you're just going to score more points if you can protect Cousins more because he's a top 10 quarterback without an offensive line. So, (laughs) what's he going to do with an offensive line? Well, that's the way I look at it, you know. Like, you, I mean, you mentioned, you know, hopefully everything scores up with, with Gladney. Uh, Will Smith and Peterson back there. We got Mackenzie Alexander. We got Cam and Dan- Cameron Dantzler, too. So, I mean, we have, we have people back there that can, that can play. So, I mean, we almost don't need to go after, like, a J.C. Horn or no. something like that. I just, you know, Rashad Hill, Dakota Dozier, Ezra Cleveland, like – who was our second round pick last year? Brian O'Neill, second rounder from 2018. You know, Garrett Bradbury at center from 2019, our first round pick. We, our O line is just just lumped up, man. Yeah, we can't we can't hit. Uh, Brian O'Neill's solid. I mean, there was a, I think it was last year or the year before where he didn't give up a sack all year. Maybe it was the year before because last year I think he got hurt. But. Um, I mean, I'm okay with Brian O'Neill. I'm okay with Bradbury. I think they need to move Cleveland into guard. They just tra- they traded Arizona for that other guard. I forgot his name well, he, now. Ezra Cleveland's projected to be the, the right guard. Yeah. And then they who is the you you're an Arizona fan. Who's uh, that? Mason Cole. I think he'll start left guard and then whichever I think they're going to draft a tackle, whichever one. They're going to start left tackle and I think we're not going to be the greatest O-line in the league, but I bet you we'll be mediocre. Like, if if Cousins could just have time to go back in the pocket and have, like, seven seconds to look around before he had to throw it. Shit, I'd be happy with five seconds, bro. Five <laughs> seconds. I mean, it's just, you're not wrong. I mean, no. And that's what makes it so hard. I mean, you know, they, I mean, you're right. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's, that's That's what just makes me – always go back when it comes down to it. We need to draft a dang offensive lineman. 
You yeah, I mean, look at, yeah, and it, that would even help Delvin. I mean, Delvin's a pr- top – I think he's a top three running back in the league. But, I mean, look at, like, when uh, the Cowboys had that. Like, every member of their offensive line was a freaking first-round pick. Zeke was tearing it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, their their O line was incredible. Yeah, and and we don't we don't even sniff their worst linemen. No, no. You know our receivers are fine. Like you, you know, you just got done ask me if Jalen Waddles there. Do I take him? No, I don't. I got yeah. old BC Johnson and Chad Beebe. Not saying they're great, but I also have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. I can grab um, uh, what's the what's that that kid out of uh. There, uh, I can't remember his name. Floyd out of Florida, I think, the wide receiver. No, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Flo- I think his last name's Floyd, I think. You know, I can grab something like that later in the draft. I don't need him. Oh, yeah. Plus, like, uh, Terrence Marshall from uh, LSU. I think it's Terrence Marshall. Uh, I mean, he's going to be there in the second round. And like uh, like Jared said, I mean, we have – I think we have 12 picks or 11 picks, four – We have four, 10 four, picks four, total. Yeah, we have four fours, two-thirds. I mean, we have the power to, A, trade back up into the first or get that second-round pick back for sure to at least uh, – if we want another wide receiver, I mean, we have the power to trade back up into like the late first or into the second to draft that wide receiver as our uh, slot wide receiver. What I'm looking right now, Walter football's got their, their mock from yesterday. Uh, Caden Stearns, the safety from Texas. They have us taken at 78. Um, at we have three, we have three fourth round picks. We have us, they have us taken Marlon uh, Tupelotu, Defensive tackle from USC. And then uh, if my browser would move, uh, it has us going. It must have skipped my browser. Uh, I don't know. What the, we, I don't know. Oh, that was, we had two, we had two thirds. I'm sorry. Um, let me, let me move into the fourth. Let me just see what they're thinking in the fourth for us. Um, grabbed that uh, 20. 2021 mock draft, fourth round. Um, just scrolling through here on the fourth round pick for us. They have um, Vikings taking uh, defensive end. Uh, Odigazua, also Odigazua from UCLA. They have us taking uh, Felipe Franks, a quarterback from Arkansas. And then I think we have one more pick that round. Yeah, I was taking Dax Milne from BYU, a wide receiver. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they have us using one of our forces, and they also have us taking uh, Evan McPherson, uh, kicker, Florida in the fourth round. Ooh, like, the, always, the Vikings need yeah. a kicker. Right, <laughs> yeah, God, that's the pick right there. Man, we, <laughs> but should I mean, call, we should call Blair Walsh up. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, you look at our sixth pick, they have us taking a wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, there's there's Which, opportunities to get guys. Yeah. And Spielman usually drafts pretty good, so I'm not too worried about it. I just, I just hope they get the first-round pick right. They did last year in Jefferson. Not so much in Gladney, but in Jefferson they did. And, I like, to be fair, too, I thought that Gladney was a good pick. Yeah, at the time I did, too. But um, – and who knows? Maybe – Maybe Caleb Farley, Far, I think it's, is it Fairley or Farley? Caleb Fairley. 
fairly. What if he drops because of this injury to the second and Spielman's like, shit, let's trade up. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of people that are looking at Caleb Fairley that, you know, we talked about this last week uh, with with uh, some of our writers on there that, that he is a liability that, you know, Paul Pickney Jr. Uh, for the Rolfs, for uh, Finn Fanatic was a big proprietor of taking him. Yeah, yeah, he said that he was the player that everyone's going to miss drafting. Yeah. I mean, I... <sighs> I think he's. I think he's. The injuries will be fine, and I think he'll. I don't know if he'll be the best player chose, like the best steal of draft, but he'll he'll definitely be one of them because some a bunch of teams are gonna pass on him, and he's gonna ball out. <laughs> um, so we got a, we got a little over forty minutes left before our feed kicks out. I think we should move into our mock three point oh. Oh, let's go. <laughs> With the craziness. Now, let's just put it out there. As I said before, I only have five of the same pick. I have I have more than that, but not much more. <laughs> so why don't you lead this segment so I can come in with all of my changes and get your thoughts on if there is any that you that you may agree or disagree with. I wish I had a button, a disagree button that said your pick sucks. <laughs> if you if you ran the soundboard, you could totally um, hit me with this joint. Nope. <laughs> All right, let me let me let me pull up my mock draft here. Hold on a second. I closed the window. <sighs> Stupid phone. All right. To the wow. To the window. To the window. my hey. Hey. <laughs> so. Before we start here, I will add that my mock draft next week is going to be a lot different. Um, just because after I made this, I was completely like, uh, I don't know if that's right. And, but here we go. This is mock draft 3.0. Um, I don't think there's anything to even talk about. Number one, Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, franchise QB of the future. 100%. I don't, I don't think there's that anything. That will change the whole time. If if the Jaguars do not draft Trevor Lawrence, the New York Jets are shitting their pants. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. If the Jaguars don't take Trevor Lawrence, how many phone calls do you think the Jets get? Oh, the Jets are getting a phone call from every team besides (laughs) maybe the Chiefs. The Chiefs. The... (laughs) Cardinals, um, the, the Ravens, the Ravens and the Green Bay Packers probably, and maybe and maybe the Browns because they got uh, oh boy, um, but and uh, so everyone's paying handsomely for that pick. They're gonna get like eighteen first round picks for that pick, but there's no way. I mean, we uh, there's no way that no. Jacksonville doesn't. It'll be Zach Wilson. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. You know, and, uh, and I said this to you earlier, too. Um, the Eagles tried to move up to number three to get Zach Wilson, but we're told that he will not be unavailable or that he would be unavailable at yeah. pick three. And that's per Ian Rappaport at NFL Network. Yeah, yeah. Number, yeah. The Jets are taking Zach Wilson. I mean, me and you talked about it, and I think we talked about it last week on the show. If the Jets were smart, they would take – they man, if they're they smart, they should – Sam Darnold. Yeah. Well, not even that. Let's just 
post Sam Darnold. If at two, if you if Zach Wilson's your guy, cool, he's your guy. I totally get it. I mean, he showed promise at his pro day. He has a huge arm. A lot of people are comparing his arm to what uh, Josh Allen can do with the ball, which is freaking incredible. That man can throw the ball 100 yards down the field. Um, but if you're the Jets, why not at two take your quarterback Zach Wilson and then call the Lions and go, hey, your team sucks. We want the seventh pick and take if Penny Sewell drops or if. Rashawn Slater drops. You get yeah. two of the top. You get one of the top two tackles to protect your guy now, and you have eleven picks in this draft. You have twelve in next. And, and the Lions. Mackay Becton. Yeah, yeah. You you have your two future tackles for the next bajillion years to protect your new future QB. Like talk about a dream scenario. And there's no way the Lions don't accept it. The Lions have six picks this year, I think I saw, and they only have eight next year. I mean, they need picks. They're in rebuild mode, too, even though they have Jared Goff, because that's all they have is Jared Goff. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. So at, at three, um, this pick will change, uh, but for this for this one, I did pencil in Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. Uh, but after what you talked about earlier on the air and what I talked to you about before the air, I will event I will change this for next week's mock draft uh, to something else. But in this one, I had Justin Fields. Well, and I could be wrong. So now I'll just say this at number three, I have Trey Lance. Um, Dan Graziano at ESPN said that the Niners are very involved in Trey Lance. Uh, Lance is working with quarterback coach John Beck, who has close ties with Kyle Shanahan. Um, he's expressed since March he, he wants a mobile quarterback, which kind of rules out Mac Jones, which I thought was a smokescreen anyway. And I kept putting him in, and I kept saying to you guys that Josh Fields or Justin Fields should be the pick. I'm just – I can't psych myself out of it. But Michael Lombardi from The Athletic uh, four days ago said Justin Fields will not be the third pick in the draft. Kuyper went back and said yesterday there's a 70% chance that they're taking Mac Jones. And then Rich Eisen today from the NFL Network said, I'm hearing that the third pick is going to be Trey Lance, which ties a lot of the things together, and that's why I'm going Trey Lance. I like it. I like it. I think they could have stayed at six and got Trey Lance. So I think they gave up too much for him because I don't think – like what I talked to you about before there, they traded up to three for a reason. They were afraid that Atlanta was going to take the pick they wanted. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Atlanta would have taken Trey Lance at four. I just don't think so. And I don't. Obviously, the Bengals have no use for a quarterback. They got Joey uh, Joey Burrows. Um, I I think I think the surprise pick at three is going to be they stick with Garoppolo and they take Penny Sewell at three because both Atlanta and the Bengals need an offensive tackle. So it makes sense why they jumped those two to three. Yep. Which you really have uh, have kind of turned me on. Yeah, like, like I I wouldn't be sh- like if if we're watching the draft next Thursday and they're like the San Francisco Niners select Benny Sewell, I wouldn't go. Oh my God! I'd go. Yep, that makes sense now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean they they tied they tied uh, Trent Williams up for like a seven year deal at left tackle. Penny Sewell can play right tackle. They don't have a right tackle. I mean. Why? Why not? Like, what if the smoke screen was as oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is on the trade block? Ha ha ha! We're taking a quarterback. Mhm. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I think that there is a lot behind what you're saying. Yeah. 
Um, F four, I have Atlanta taking Kyle Pitts. Ooh, I I can't uh, disagree with you. That is my number four pick. I mean, he's just a f- like if the Vikings traded up for Kyle Pitts, I'd be throwing shit at your TV. <laughs> I'd be I would so immediately excited. say we need to order jerseys. Oh, I'd order mine that day. I'd be like, click, let's go. <laughs> um, at five, um, I'm going with Jamar Chase here. I forgot who we talked to a couple weeks ago. I think it was the guy. I think they're going to draft what Joe Burrow. I don't remember his name. Um, I think they're going to draft. Yeah, I think they're. I think the Bengals are going to draft who Joe Burrow wants to draft. They're going to. They're going to do right by Joe Burrow like they didn't do by Andy Dalton. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think so. I, I have Jamar Chase going five to the Bengals. I think it's one of those things where you have a – when you're in such a shitty situation that the Bengals are in and you, you have a quarterback who did so well that's so adamant about getting one player, I think you just accommodate it and just do it. Yeah, and I mean, if it doesn't turn out – like, if he doesn't turn out to the greatest thing, like, then – I mean, you can't say you didn't try, you know, like you can't come back. You can't be in like a Green Bay Packers situation where your quarterback's pissed because you never give them anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at six, I have the Dolphins doing what the Bengals do, and I have them pairing Jalen with his old buddy Tua at Miami. Okay. Uh, we we have been uh, – Queen is asking us to come play the new Call of Duty uh, Dark Rebirth. I said we're on radio till midnight. I will get back to her. I said tell Kimmy that, and I are doing tell, radio. Tell her MLB the show's out, girl. Go down loud <laughs> that. It's free. <laughs> uh, Dolphins, I have Petty Sewell. Which – I, I could see both going this way. Um, I like both of our selections. I uh, the only reason I, I put Jalen Waddle and yeah. with, with getting hurt. Yeah, you need to protect him. But yeah, and and they need a number one receiver. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Devontae Parker. I just I I don't think he's a true number one. He's a he's a very good. He's like a He's like the Kelvin Ridley to Julio. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he needs a true number one to excel, I think. And I just I think Jalen Waddle would be a number one there. Um, so at seven, I have my first surprise here. This is the first time I've paired this person with the Lions. I have them taking Patrick Sertain, the second cornerback. Wow, you have him really going up. Yeah, you know I, Detroit's got a lot of needs. Yeah, I, you know? I I have them like so. Last year they took uh, the kid from Ohio State Ward, right? No, yeah, not Ward. What what was his name? Oh, <laughs> um, holy shit! I I know exactly what you're talking about because I was a mark for the kid. Um, yeah, he, 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 went, he went like number th- like number four or number five, like really high. Yes, I don't know why I can't think of his name. I can't think of his name. It's terrible uh, reporting on our end. I'm I'm pulling up the Lions depth chart as we speak. Give me one second here. Um, they took Jeff Okuda. Uh, That's what it is, Jeff Okuda, um, who didn't have a great rookie season, but, I mean, that team is so awful. Like, who could? But I think they pair him with another rookie top stream corner, and they have their two future corners for the next 
seven years or whatever. I mean, it makes sense. They need a corner, another corner. I I just think with the top two wide receivers gone, that I I don't think they reach for like Devonta Smith here. I just, I mean, you could see him trade back maybe, but I I, I have taken Jalen Waddle. Yeah, especially Which, for the fact that by take I mean when Brashad Perryman, who yes was a first round pick by the Ravens a few years ago, but Tyrell Williams, uh, Caleb Ra- Caleb Raymond, and Brashad Perryman are their best wide receivers, uh, Quintez Cephas and Victor Bolden Jr. Yeah. They need a wide receiver. So I'm going, no, yeah. I'm going out doing Waddle. And this is the first draft that I didn't have Waddle going 16 to the Cardinals. And that's what really threw me for a loop. Yeah. And la- I think last week in my mock, I had Jalen Waddle going to Detroit. If he's there, they're going to, t- they need a wide receiver. If those, one of those two top receivers are there at seven, like it's a foregone conclusion that that's who the, the Detroit Lions yeah, are picking. You're, you're, not, you're not running Tyrell Williams and Rashad Perryman as you one, two, without no, hope of there's being no way. Khalif yeah. Raymond, who is undrafted from the Volunteers, isn't your replacement. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Um, at eight, I have Penny Sewell here dropping to eight uh, to Carolina to protect Sam Darnold, and Sam Darnold's like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> I never had that. Right? <laughs> He's probably like throwing bricks out the wall at people. <laughs> um, you know, Carolina's got Dante Jackson. They have Troy Pride Jr., Rashad Melvin, and an aging, aging AJ Bouye. For that reason, I flipped it. I, I had Rashawn Slater here a lot. I went with J.C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina. I like it. I like it a lot. You have him. Where did you have Patrick going? You don't have him as the number one? Uh, I've had Sertain in the same spot all three drafts. He's one of the only ones that hasn't moved. For Lord, gotcha. Zach Wilson, Patrick Sertain, and um, – Trayvon Mulrig are the only four that have never moved in any of my mock drafts. That's funny. I'm going to laugh if those are the only ones you get wrong on draft night. <laughs> that means they get Lawrence and Wilson wrong. That's not happening. Yeah. Um, so this is where I have my only trade, I believe, of the draft. Um, and I have the Vikings trading up to nine to get Rashawn Slater here after Penne Sewell goes off the board. I'd love it. I would love I, it. I think I've read a couple articles today that uh, said Rick Spielman, if Rashawn Slater, a Penny Sewell start to slide to that eight, nine, ten spot, to look for them to move up four or five spots to get one of them. So, hopes, that. hopes. If that happens, Ryan, I'm going to hug you in your apartment, and it's going to get <laughs> weird, and it's just going to be okay, and you're going to just go with it. Well, here's the thing too: is that the Vikings moved up to nine to take him. The Broncos could still draft Justin Fields at fourteen. Yeah. Unless yeah. the Eagles pull the trigger. That is true. You know, Eagles did try to trade up to three to get Zach Wilson, so that means they have thought about a QB. But I yeah. digress. Um, at nine, I have Justin Fields going to the Broncos. Easy TV. Which, which I, the Broncos uh, writer we had on last week said if he's there, they take him. Like, there's no – like, he doesn't think there's any reason why they wouldn't take him at nine if he's there. And as I said, um, Patrick 13, I have going to the Cowboys at 10. I've had Sertain going to the Cowboys in all three of my mock drafts. I had Sertain the first two weeks. This week I switched it because I have uh, the Lions taking him. But I have the same position. I have Dallas taking J.C. Horn, though, at 10. 
Um, same as I had last week, this is one of my other ones. I have Devonta Smith, uh, Alabama wide receiver, going to the Giants at 11. So I switched it this week. Last week I had the Giants taking Micah Parsons. Uh, this week I switched it to your pick, Devonta Smith. Even with the addition of Kenny Galladay, I think they're still going to try to get another re- receiver to give to Daniel Jones. There. Yeah, why not try to help out Daniel Jones if you think he's the deal? You got Evan yeah. Ingram, you got Saquon Barkley. I'm going to run oh, my boy Saquon. See, <laughs> yeah, look at Roman Yossi just use. Oh, my God. Why couldn't Granlin do that shit when he was a wild? I don't get that. Anyway, I digress. Um, I have the Eagles taking Caleb Fairley. You know, Ryan, Ryan, we think a lot alike. That's who I <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they need a cornerback to counteract, um, kind of like the Cowboys are doing. With J.C. Horn, I had J.C. Horn the last two drafts, I believe. Um, yeah. tra- I had I had Devontae Smith at 12 in my 1.0 and J.C. Horn in my 2. Um, but with Horn going higher, I had Caleb Fairley going. And the thing I broke um, just maybe half hour ago, a little over a half hour ago, a lot of talk. I have the Chargers taking Asante Samuel Jr. from Florida State at 13. That's my first one where I'm like, Ryan, got to lay off the booze a little. Yeah, probably. I just, I got, like, I think he's going to be good, but 13's a little high. I think, a lot of people have I, him going the end of the second round. I have him at the end of the first. I think end of the first is a good spot. Um, I'm not going to tell you to who yet. It'll be a surprise. Uh, um, but at 13, forget, and, Bruce Irvin was projected to go 70th, and the Seahawks took him at 15. Well, the Seahawks are retarded, okay? Yeah, we saw how good he turned out to be. <laughs> that is true. Um, number 13, uh, I have him protecting Justin Herbert, Christian Derrissa, uh Here, I mean, it's a logical pick. I mean, yeah, your, your dude won. Your dude won Rookie of the Year last year. He he proved he's the future. Um, <laughs> after after your team medic tried to kill Tyrod Taylor, but whatever. <laughs> I I agree. Um, I you know Matraff one one point oh and two point oh. I had Darisol. I probably should still have Darisol, but I'm gonna ride that tip that I got and uh, put Asante Samuel Jr. there. I'm just, just even though I'll be wrong, I'm probably wrong. But that leaves the Vikings at fourteen. Get the guy you think they're gonna get at nineteen, Mister Rashawn Slater. Oh, you, that's right. You haven't fallen all the way down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was the just the other part of my trade. Denver's picking here for me, and I have them getting Micah Parsons trading back. So um, they get the linebacker that every person that I've read that's a fan of Denver wants. Everybody that we've so, talked to on the show, too, the last five people we talked to have all said Micah Parsons, Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, yeah. So I have Denver, Denver getting them, and – I mean, hopefully, I I'm a big fan of Micah Parsons just by watching like what he's done and stuff at Penn State. But uh, like the guy uh, that writes for Denver said, I mean, there might be some immaturity issues, but I'm I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah, Travis Waitman uh, mentioned that. Yeah. Um, I have uh, the Patriots at 15 getting Mac Jones. So I had Trey Lance falling all the way to 15 to the Patriots. Wow. I, I I think I'm gonna end up switching it. I think he'll go higher. Um, I I think he'll go in the top ten. I think someone will trade up for him if he doesn't go to San Francisco, like uh, your research has said. Um, 
But that, this was the pick that I, we talked about earlier where he was still sitting there, so I had to put him, I had to put him there. So, like, it, I don't think it will happen. It, it, this pick will change for next week. It's just he was there when I was looking at it, and I was like, well, if he's there, they're going to pick him. So. Yeah, 100%. Um, close up the first half of round one. I have the Cardinals reaping the benefits as I was confused because I couldn't give them J.C. Horn or Jalen Waddle. I looked and said, Isaiah Simmons, he's a partner. Let's give him Micah Parsons. Ooh, that would be nasty. <laughs> yeah, it was. I him and Isaiah Simmons back-to-back drafts. Well, to plus go J.C. Watt, J. J. Watt. Jones. Yeah, I'd buy that dope uh, – Thursday, uh, color rush black jersey of his. That'd be dope. Yeah, Jordan. Right. Yeah, Jordan. Wait a f that up if you're listening. Piece of shit. No, I'm just joking. Um, so I have him taking the same position, but I have Micah Parsons off the board. I got Xavier Collins, uh, linebacker from Tulsa, going here. So, um, I mean that deep that offense is like set for life. I mean they got um, they got D Hop, they got Larry Fitz, they got they AJ got Green. AJ Green. I did read a report today about your Cardinals, though. I don't know if you saw it, that they are interested in t- trading up to the top 10 for one of those wide receivers if it's available. Yep. I've also heard that there's talks that they want Najee Harris. Yeah. Which doesn't make Dude, sense I considering they just me. traded for. Didn't they just trade for James? Didn't they just sign James Conner? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was before that. Yeah, so but could you I don't think they'd get Jamar Chase, but could you imagine if they got up to like number seven with Detroit and got Jalen Waddle off the board? Yeah. Hey, look, my mocks have one and two. I had Waddle falling to 16 to him. Yeah, I mean, so I've mocked Waddle to the Cardinals to be their slot this whole time. Oh, what if our boy Rashawn Bateman went there? Oh, let's go. I'd get a Rashawn Bateman black color rush jersey. Oh, that'd be sick. (laughs) Um, 17, the Raiders. I have them extremely excited by this crazy domino effect that has been happening, and they're getting Christian Darisau. If that happens, Ryan, I'm not going to hug you because I'm going to be like, what just happened in the world? Uh, <laughs> I have them taking Tevin Jenkins. I've had it all three months. I've had them picking yeah. them, yeah. Um, they need to protect Carr. And if they protect Carr, they can – and if Carr doesn't perform, then they know it's Carr. It's not the offense. So. Um, at 18, I have uh, Jalen Phillips, Ed Rusher from the Hurricanes, going to the Dolphins. I do too. Um Although I could see them taking Quiddy Pay here. I think Quiddy Pay yeah. has a higher ceiling than Jalen Phillips, but I think Jalen and Phillips has a higher impact right away, if that makes sense. And yeah, and I think I think you got the hometown connection, which is kinda of like a yeah. little feel yeah. good that would make people excited, yeah. Yeah. Um at nineteen, I got rid of Jeremiah Owasu Koromo, who I've had there the whole time. And because he fell to it and you're gonna have to try to do Something for whoever's going to play for your team. I have Tevin Jenkins going there now. Yeah. Uh, I still have Koromu going there. Um, uh, he'll probably stay there just because when I get to pick 19, I'm always like, oh, they need a linebacker. Oh, here's the guy from Notre Dame. And that's who I thought, too. I just, with, it, with having an offensive tackle kind of open up 
in that spot, I'm like, wow, oh, they need to they need to do something to keep somebody upright. So that's the only reason. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm uh, Cormo all the way. Yeah. Um, I do have the Bears at 20 getting Elijah Veras Tucker from USC. I have Mac Jones falling to 20 with no. I've seen that. Yeah. I, I think, like you said, I think he's going to fall. I don't think – I don't believe any of the hype that he's a top 10 pick. I don't think – I mean – he doesn't. He doesn't lead anything other than he won a national championship against the other four main quarterbacks. I mean, Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence is, is the franchise quarterback. Zach Wilson's got the big arm. Justin Fields has got the legs plus the big arm. Um, uh, what that other kid? Trey Lance has an arm plus legs. He's just, he's got the upside too. Yeah, the upside. I just like. I'm gonna be honest with you. I would rather see someone pick uh, Trask from Florida than Mac Jones. At least Trask, yeah. at least Trask showed upside. Like, like you said, he, Mac Jones, is, Mac Jones is essentially Aaron, not Aaron, uh, McCarron from five, whatever years yeah, ago. AJ McCarron. Yeah, he won, he won national titles, but it was because he was surrounded by great defense, great wide receivers, great running back. Yeah, that doesn't make him a great player. No. You know, sorry. Just the way it is. Um, at 21, I have the Colts taking Rashad Bateman. Uh, I have them taking Elijah Vera Tucker there to protect whoever the hell their quarterback is. Uh, Carson Wentz. <laughs> That's it. There we go. At <laughs> uh, 22, I now have Jeremiah Owosu-Koroba going to the Titans. Since Caleb uh, Fairley, who I've had the last two times, has moved up. I have them, uh, the Titans, I've had, I think I've changed their pick every time. I think last week I had Quiddy Pay. The week before that I had Caleb Fairley like you. This week I have them going back to corner to Greg Newsom the second. Greg Newsom, okay. Um, at 23, I have Quiddy Pay going to the Jets, giving them an edge rusher. I have Quiddy Pay as well here, but I could see the Dolphins pick at 18 and this pick flipping where – the Dolphins take Quiddy Pay, and then Phillips ends up in the Jets. Yeah, I could see that too. E- either one makes sense. Yeah, either one. Um, uh, Steelers, I'm thinking Najee Harris. I had him ah. going to the Dolphins, but I feel like the Dolphins are going to wait because there's a lot of capital in that yeah. second round, third round, and and I think the Steelers need a running back no matter what. So I have uh, I have Najee going. Who's the best off the board? I have uh, Najee Harris too. I think last week I had Travis Etienne going here, but I do think Najee Harris is a better overall running back. But agreed. Uh, Twenty-five. One that hasn't changed. I got Trayvon Mulrig. So I changed this one. I was with you the last two drafts that Trayvon Mulrig was going here, but I have our boy Rashad Bateman going to be with Trevor Lawrence. Oh, that's kind of cool. You know, it's something that like. Low key kind of scares me about my um my Trayvon Mulrig that I've like lived and died by. What I'm going through. Uh, um, I guess I guess by the way, J.C. Horn, Jalen Waddle, and Patrick Sertain is who the Cardinals covet, which is why I had Waddle and Horn going, but I thought Sertain was never going to be there because of um because of Dallas. I'm trying to pull this up here in this damn website mode that I was that I've been using. Um, here we go. Uh, um, the Jaguars 
and 25, there is talks that there is no way the Jaguars will take a safety at 25, whoever's there. I was like, no! Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I read that same thing, and that's why I switched it. <laughs> um, now, and a wide receiver makes me. sense. Yeah, gives another weapon for Trevor Lawrence. Um, here's my first switch up, and I think it's one that makes us ha- would, that would make me happy. I know I'm sure it would make you happy. I have the Cleveland Browns at 26 now, taking Christian Barmore from Alabama. Him not mm-hmm. going to Tampa. Ryan, we we think you're like in my head because I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> finally, I'm not yeah. getting ready to run. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, they need it. I mean, I think they're starting a Sheldon Richardson, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, they're now starting... they, just signed, they just signed Jadavion Clowney. So to yeah. me, it's like they just brought in Clowney. You got Miles Garrett. You yeah. might as well keep solidifying that defense. And that's yeah. what put me at him. Um, yeah. my, uh, in my, my 1.0, I had Aziz Ojalary there. And then I had Cody Pay. I went, I went edge rushers both times. But by them signing Jadavion Clowney makes me not want to go edge. Uh, yeah. that that, now I'm going Christian Barmore because now you've, you've taken care of the edge and get your linebacker, which yeah. then leaves the Ravens at 27 to reap the benefit. And I have Aziz uh, Ojalary edge from Georgia going to Baltimore. Uh, I switched this pick. I've had edge the last two. Um, I have them taking Trayvon Mulrig safety, TCU. Okay. 28, I have a steal for the Saints falling all the way here. I had uh, Stokes before, but I'm going Saban Collins, linebacker Tulsa, falling all the way there. So this is where I have your boy Asante Samuel Jr. <laughs> getting paired with uh, uh, Lattimore. That's on Lattimore. Yeah. Uh, 29, I have the Packers now taking Greg Newsom the second. Once again, not giving Aaron Rodgers a weapon. I have them. Get, I have the Packers taking Elijah Moore, wide receiver. I mean, they have they have to give this man something. Look, I haven't shot Dayton in the longest time. You know that, and yeah, even they I have decided to. to abandon my. I abandoned ship. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna cry on next Thursday in your apartment if Green Bay's pick comes up and they list a quarterback. I'm gonna <laughs> laugh because Green if, Bay. If it's anything but a wide receiver, I'm going to cry. I'm just going to be like, I'm done. I can't do it. Go, I didn't know you were a Packers fan, Luke. I'm not so. going to. I'm going to be like, they're still going to go to the NFC Championship and lose. But. <laughs> um, I then have the Bills taking uh, same guy, Elijah Moore, old Miss wide receiver at 30. So I have been a huge fan of the Buffalo Bills for the last two weeks, taking a running back here to just perfect that offense. I switched it this week. I have them taking Eric Stokes, the corner. Yeah, a lot of people have him end of the second, but I think he's much higher than that. Yeah, I do too. Uh, at 31, I um, kept the same position but changed players because I, um, I watched some footage on YouTube, and, and he's got a little sleeker hands that I – or a little sneakier hands that I like, and seems to be able to push a little harder – um, I switched from Samuel Cosme, um, who I've had, to Alex Leatherwood, the uh, tackle from Alabama. I also switched to Alex Leatherwood for the exact same reason. I think yeah. he's going to be a. I think he's going to be a better tackle. Um, 
if the Vikings could trade back and get a second-round pick, I would love it if they drafted Alex Leatherwood at the end of the first yep. and got a second-round pick back for it. I yeah, would be I, ecstatic. I was watching this stuff from the uh, from Pro Days type stuff, and he just – I was like, damn, dude, this guy looks way better than I remember him. And yeah, yeah. I, if they I, could – He hadn't done anything special this last week when he was up doing stuff, and – yeah. Like, if the Vikings could somehow swing one of those teams around that 20 to 30 range to come up to 14 and they get a second out of it and they could get Alex Leatherwood, I'd be happy. Yeah, if you could get, like, the Saints to try to – the Saints or, um, like, Cleveland to try to move up to get uh, a Micah Parsons. Uh, Or something, yeah. And then you move back and do it. Uh, And then 32 – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, or even if, like, Green Bay does want to give him a weapon and they, like, one of those wide receivers falls down to 14, like Devontae Smith or something, like, I'd be so excited. Um, And then at 32, I still have an inside uh, defensive lineman, uh, Levi uh, Anwuzurike from Washington. I have going to Tampa. So I have someone from Washington going to um, here. I have Joe Tryon. Um, oh, the sack or the defensive end, right? Yeah. Uh, so he, yep, he played defensive end at Washington, but everything I've read is is that he's going to play an outside linebacker in a three-four, where his full thing is going to be to rush the passer. And if they could pair that man with uh, Shaquille Barrett coming off the other end. Uh, the rich get richer. <laughs> yeah, that's nasty. Yeah, that would be impressive. Um, so next Wednesday, guys, mock draft three point or four point oh, essentially final. It's our final mock draft next week. Yep. Um, coming at you with four point oh. We may. I'm not saying for sure, but there's a small chance we could show back up next Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, during the draft live, or we might just come on and banter. We will be on Twitch, twitch.tv, WrestleCast Radio. Um, maybe we'll just live stream on Twitch. I don't know. We might do something for the draft next week. I'd be down as long as we get beat uh, up. Yes, yes, it'll be a bonus wing, BOGO day. I'll get, I'll buy my 15, get 15, and get 10 Carolina Reaper, 10 Desert Heat, and 10 Mago Habanero. You sound nasty. I have a question for you real quick. Well, we got nine minutes left. Nine minutes left, yep. How many How many trades do you think are going to happen in this first round? Three. Three, you think so? I'm going three, but I don't know what. No, I'm going to go two. I'm going to go two, but I don't know what. So I think there's going to be three for sure. I think someone's going to trade to four with Atlanta for Kyle Pitts. Why, think, if you're Atlanta, why why would you give up Kyle Pitts? I think someone's gonna offer them something stupid, like just so, like like that. Like last week, I had Dallas trading up uh, for him. Everything I've read says Jerry Jones is in. Jerry Jones does love him. Kyle Pitts. Yep. loves him. Like if you're Atlanta and Dallas calls you and goes, "Hey, I'll give you the tenth pick, I'll give you a second pick, and I'll give you a first next year and a first the year after that, or whatever the case may be." If you're Atlanta in rebuild, second? Sure. yeah, or or whatever, like 
like you're not in rebuild mode now, but Matt Ryan's going to be gone in a few years. I mean, he's at the tail no, end of his career. Like at, at pick ten, I'm still getting Devonta Smith. Yeah, Devonte Smith, or I'm you're getting, getting Slater. Yep, or one of the tackles, or even one of the corners. You don't have good corners in Atlanta. You could Patrick Sertain might be there at ten still. Yeah, I I would do it. Here, yeah. now, 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 let me let me let me not to change your, not to change what you're saying. But what would that do if a team like at 16, the Cardinals go, hey, hey Atlanta, we want, we want Kyle Pitts, and the, the Cardinals acquired Kyle Pitts? So the only thing that I feel, like if it, was, if it was Dallas versus, like if they both called and Atlanta's got them both on the phone, I feel like they would take, and if it was the same deal, same, same round, same everything, I feel like they would take Dallas's first just because Dallas is probably going to finish worse than the Cardinals. You know what I mean? So the picks yeah, are going to be higher, more valuable. Um, now, if if anyone calls Atlanta and is like, I'll give you three first-round picks in a second, like they're going to say yes to any of them. I mean, it could be the Jets. It could be the Vikings. It could be whatever the case may be. Um, I think Kyle Pitts is a lock at four. I, I'm just not sold that the Falcons are going to keep that pick. I, I, I think if they get the right I, offer, they trade it. I just look at it like I'm taking what you're saying and running with it. Yeah. Could you imagine if you put Kyle Pitts on that team? Yeah. Like, oh my I don't want, God. no, I don't want to think about it because I'd be so angry. James, James Conner, Kyle Pitts, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, AJ Green. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Crazy. That'd be crazy. And then I think the other trade is going to be at seven with Detroit. I think, I think uh, wide receivers go five six, and I. Th- I think someone calls up Even to get. Dolphins are taking Waddle. Yeah, so like I. Do you really I, think that's happening? I think so. I think they're going to pair him with Tua. I think at seven, I so if those two wide receivers go, if Pitts goes four, Jamar Chase goes five, and Jalen yeah. Waddle goes six, I think at seven you see you could see them trade back to acquire more picks because you got to remember they only have six picks this year. Mm-hmm. So for someone like um, uh, someone like Washington, Chicago, uh, the Patriots, even trying to get ahead of Denver there to get either Trey Lance or um, whatever the pick Justin Fields, if Trey Lance is going to San Francisco, like I could see that seventh overall pick being that trade spot to get in front of Denver at nine. So you're seeing Carolina now at eight to get Penny Sewell. Yes. And or then, he's gonna fall. Or he's gonna fall, yeah. Um but I think if he's there at eight, I think Carolina's stupid not to take him to protect Donald. I like I would be I shocked. Think, cause I, I you know, I had um you know, up until recently at number five I had Kyle Pitts and Penny Sewell going because I eventually yeah. just was like and then and the Panthers I had taking Penny Sewell the first time and Rashawn Slater the second time. So I had yep. the Panthers and Mouse have one and two getting an offensive tackle at eight. Gotcha. And then I think – sorry, I think there's four drafts. I, I mean, uh, trades. The other pick – there's two picks that right back-to-back that I think people need to watch too, and that's 11 and 12. I think whoever trades up here is to get the tackle 
before the Chargers pick, whether it is the Vikings at 14 who just trade up two spots, whether it is Oakland who trades up a few spots to get one of those top-tier tackles. I think – because I think if at 12, if all the wide receivers are gone besides, like, the Rashad Batemans and stuff, you could see the Eagles try to trade back to where Rashad Bateman will go, which is, like, in the 20s. I could see them – try to trade back or even trade back a few spots so they get a little bit more draft capital for that pick. No, no, let's no, no, just, just for the sake of saying, um, David Gettleman, the general manager of the Giants, has never traded out in the history of being a general manager. Yes, he, I know he's that. He's the one of the Giants. Yep. So I, I would lean more towards 12 then with the Eagles just because I, I – I think they're dead set on a wide receiver this draft. They have to be. They don't have any. And like, I've seen the Eagles are are trying to trade in the top ten, and a trade with the Panthers to me would make the most sense. Yes. Um, and then I think the other pick is going to be right around 21, 22, 23, and I think it's going to be Green Bay trading up to that spot in front of one of those teams to get Rashad Bateman. I think, or one of the wide, leftover wide receivers, or someone like uh, Tampa or Kansas City trading up to get another wide receiver or something like that. And if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. I'm excited, man. We're, you know, seven days away, come three minutes from now, in the NFL draft. Um. We'll be back next week, next Wednesday, trying to get a couple more writers on for you to have some more discussion. Um, it's awesome, guys. Uh, hit us up. Uh, let us know what you want to see at Sportscast Radio on the Twitter. Uh, head on over to repsports.com's promo code WrestleCast, 50% off your order. Also, promocts.com forward slash WrestleCast. Get a shirt. Support the show. We'll be back next Wednesday, possibly Thursday as well. I'm excited. Luke, it's been a pleasure. And uh, I'm sure we'll chat on Xbox in a few minutes. I'm going to go out uh, and get my oven started, make some food, and uh, do some gaming. I'm, I'm going to go play some MLB The Show Deuces. <laughs> All right. Sportscast Radio, we're out.